Welcome to the Homeschooling Homemakers Podcast, where it's time to embrace the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey of being a keeper at home, creating a space for your husband and children to thrive, all while keeping Jesus at the center of it all. Hi, I'm Chantel, wife to one, mama to three, and I'm here ready to share with you practical tools to help you thrive in the roles you were created for. This is a place for you to throw aside all distractions and run into true freedom and joy of serving your family well. All right, y'all. So we are going to wrap up our last three verses of Galatians chapter five and verses 16 through 26. Today, we're going to look at verses 24, 25, and 26. So in verse 24, it says, and they that our Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Verse 25, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Verse 26, let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. So in verse 24, Paul has strongly argued that we are saved by faith alone and that our works are helpless in obtaining salvation. Galatians chapter 3, verses 22 through 29. Paul not only taught that this meant we were saved solely on the basis of faith, but that true salvation could not be lost due to our work either. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 30, Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39. Those who disagree with Paul's teaching that in, that in Christ, we are fully forgiven and justified by God often raised an objection. Without the threat of punishment by God, why would anyone avoid sin? Why would people choose to do what is right? Paul's answer in part is found here. Those who truly understand what it means to trust in Christ's death on the cross to pay for their sins understand how destructive their sins truly are. After all, our sins were the reason we stood condemned to die by the curse of the law. That's why Paul writes that those who belong to Christ gave up trying to defeat their sin on their own. Instead, with gratitude, we performed a kind a kind and execution of our sinful desires when we trusted Christ to die for them. We gave up the right to keep holding on to our sin and indulging in it and enjoying it. There's a fine line here, though. In most cases, those who trust in Christ do not immediately and completely lose their desire or instinct to do sinful things. The want to put an emphasis on want to sin is not entirely gone. Paul has written, though, that two significant things do change when we are saved. First, by definition, we recognize that sin is eternally fatal. By trusting in Christ, we reject sin as a path leading to death. Second, God gives us the power in his spirit to win the battle against our sinful desires. 
according to Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 17. We may sometimes still give in to our desires to sin, but Christians are no longer people controlled by our sins. We have agreed sin is worthless, and we have declared in Christ our intention to move with him away from sin using God's power. Now, in verse 25, Paul is describing here what it looks like to live as one who is free in Christ. He has been clear that this is not a freedom that has to do with anything that we may feel, whatever feels good. It is not a freedom to simply indulge in trying to satisfy all of our sinful desires. On the contrary, true salvation and freedom from the Old Testament's ritual law is freedom from being controlled by our sinful desires. How? Just as we've needed an external source, Jesus, to pay for our sin, we also need an external source of power, the Holy Spirit, to overcome our sinful desires and lead us in the right direction. This happens, Paul has written, when we walk by and are led by the Spirit. And that's in verses 16 and 18. The picture he paints is not one of uh, possession in the sense that the Spirit takes us over and does whatever he wants. We are not spiritual robots or puppets who suddenly lack free will. Instead, the picture is one of Christians using our will to allow God's Spirit to set the direction we will go. It's a mysterious idea that none of us fully understand, but the way Paul describes it in this verse is helpful. He says living by the Spirit involves keeping in step with the Spirit. It involves adjusting our pace to match the pace and direction the Spirit is leading. Sometimes Bible teachers describe it as allowing one's partner to lead the dance. In other words, it involves submitting to God's way, but we are still the one taking each next step. This will not happen automatically. It is something we must choose from day to day. In fact, we must choose often to give the lead to the Holy Spirit moment by moment as we follow after Christ. Now, in our final verse, 26, as we know, Paul is describing how we are supposed to live in Christ. Believers ought to live in the power of and by the, the direction of the Spirit of God. Paul wrote in the previous verse that we must keep in step with the Spirit. It's a mysterious idea that is hard for us to sometimes understand, but it is worth the effort. Life in the Spirit of God is powerful, meaningful, and the absolute pinnacle of human experience on this side of eternity. Like allowing a dance partner to lead while we follow their guidance, we are meant to allow the Spirit of God to guide our will so we can fully embrace who we are in Christ. But what if we skip this kind of obedience? 
What if in our willfulness or neglect or lack of interest, a Christian just does not participate in walking by the Spirit? Paul answers that in part in this verse. We become conceited, proud, and arrogant. Life in the Spirit of God requires submission to God and humility. It is about Him and not us. Trying to lead a Christian life in our own power results in too much focus on ourselves, puffing us up in a way that religious people often become self-righteous. From there, it gets worse. Proud people, by definition, are in the business of self-promotion. That leads to provoking others to compete with us instead of serving alongside of us. Inevitably, prideful religious competitions for honor and self-worth lead to envy, resenting those who seem to outwardly have obtained what we want everyone else to see in us. Without the power and direction setting of the Holy Spirit, The Christian life turns into a destructive and self-serving religious existence. Rather than fall into that pit, Paul seems to say we should figure out how to walk by the Spirit. In order to accept Christ as Savior, we need to turn from our sin and willingly nail our sinful nature to the cross. This doesn't mean, however, that we will never see traces of our evil desires again. As Christians, we still have the capacity to sin, but we have been set free from sin's power over us and no longer have to give in to it. We must daily, remember this y'all, daily commit our sinful tendencies to God's control, daily crucify them, and moment by moment draw on the Spirit's power to overcome them. God is interested in every part of our life, not just the spiritual part. As we live by the Holy Spirit's power, we need to submit every aspect of our life to God, our emotions, the physical, the social, intellectual. Paul says, you are saved, so live like it. The Holy Spirit is the source of your new life, so walk with Him. Don't get ahead of Him. Don't let anything or anyone else determine your values or standards in any area of your life. In closing, we all need a certain amount of approval from others, but those who go out of their way to secure honor or to win popularity, like we see in verse 26, with a lot of people become conceited and they show they are not following the Holy Spirit's leading. Those who look to God for approval won't need to envy others. As God's sons and daughters, we have his Holy Spirit as the loving guarantee of his approval. Y'all, I pray this little mini inductive series of Galatians chapter 5 has blessed you. I have enjoyed digging deep into this. I encourage you to go back 
to review the reference scriptures, look up words, definitions, all the things you need to understand um, the context, the content, what you're reading, um, the breakdown. I encourage you to go back and to dive even deeper um, and even to share, share what you've learned. Um, so as you go about uh, reading, just ask the Lord to just open your eyes, open your ears, open your heart to what his word is speaking directly to you. And remember what Paul said in all of this. He's telling us you're saved. So live like it. Don't let anything or anyone else determine the values and the standards in any area of your life. Y'all be blessed until next time. Remember to pray big and pray much. If you have found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of being a keeper at home. I am so grateful for you and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you.